You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. Well, how are we doing today, folks? Everybody having a good day? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I got to confess, I'm a Trekkie. I really am. Any fellow Trekkies out there, live long and prosper. Thank you very much. Love you guys. So, uh, I love the Star Trek movies, and I love the more recent J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies. Those are amazing. And I love back when I was a kid, there were these Star Trek movies that came out, and there was Wrath of Khan. And Wrath of Khan was really great. And there's this signature line from that movie that was spoken by my favorite Star Trek character of all times, Mr. Spock. And the, the quote is this. It's when Mr. Spock said, the good of the many outweighs the good of the few. And he said that when the spaceship, you know, the, the Starship Enterprise was at risk of blowing up. And Mr. Spock had to go into the engineering deck and fix the problem, and he exposed himself to this deadly, harmful radiation. And so basically, he gave up his life for everyone on the ship so that their lives could be saved. And he said, you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And I thought that's a whole lot like Jesus, isn't it? In that Jesus gave his life on the cross for the many, didn't he? But there was a sequel to Wrath of Khan. The next movie was called The Search for Spock. And in The Search for Spock, Captain Kirk and all the crew, they went looking for Mr. Spock because, you know, in sci-fi, like he was totally regenerated somehow, right? Somewhere. And so the whole crew had to risk their lives. They risked their careers and they risked all of Starfleet to go rescue Mr. Spock. And when they rescued him, he asked him, like, Captain Kirk, how come you guys would risk everything to come and rescue me? And here's what Captain Kirk said. The good of the one outweighed the good of the many. And I thought, you know what? That's also like Jesus, isn't it? Because over the past three weeks, can I take off my ears now? I should probably take these off so you can take me seriously. But uh, over the past three weeks, We've been looking at how Jesus goes for the one, doesn't he? And so remember the three stories we've studied over the past three weeks from Luke chapter 15. We just went story by story, verse by verse. And first we saw the story of the missing sheep, right? The guy was missing sheep. He left the 99 sheep to go and save the one sheep. How many of you have pet dogs. Any dog owners here? Raise your hands real quick. Okay, we got to love. Dogs are great. What's not to love about a dog, right? Anybody have a pet cat? My, my cat people. I got, I got some cats at home. Yeah, I like, like cats. Anybody have something other than a dog or a cat as a pet? Any other animals? Any other animal? Can, right back there. What do you keep? A bunny. We got a bunny. That's pretty good. Any other animals besides dogs? Yeah, yeah. What do we got down here? A parrot. That's pretty good. Does it talk? Could pretty, it talks and everything, right? Okay, I have some fish aquariums at home. We love animals. And so here's what I wanted to ask you. All of you who own any type of pet or animal is that 
if I were to get a phone call before I came out and I happen to know your animal, your dog, your cat, your bunny, your, you know, your parrot or whatever, then, uh, and I was told on a phone call, hey, your pet is missing. And I came, I walked out here and I said, hey, look, I got to interrupt the service to let you know that your pet is missing. What would you do? You would have panic come over you and you would probably politely get up and walk out of the service to go take, you know, find your animal, wouldn't you? Now, the second story Jesus told was about a lost valuable coin. Remember the story, the woman who was missing this very valuable coin to her. And so in order to illustrate this, I want you to pull out your wallets real quick. Could you do that? Your purse or your wallet? Just pull them out. Don't worry. Don't panic. This is not an offering. Just pull out your, your wallets or your purses or whatever and look in there and look in there. Make sure your credit cards are there. Okay. Your credit cards all there. And so I hope we, nobody has a panic moment today, you know, it's like, oh, my credit card. But when you look in there, you have this peace of mind to know that your cash or your credit card is still in there, don't you? But if you look in there and one of your credit cards is missing, you know what you do. You call the credit card company, you retrace your steps, you go look for the, the credit cards you have left, the cash you have left. You're not worried about them. You're worried about the one, aren't you? Now, remember the third story that Jesus told us in Luke 15 was about the lost sons, plural. And one of the sons was a rebellious son. He probably said some stuff to his dad that he didn't mean, that he probably regretted later. They had a falling out because that son wanted to live a rebellious life that that father was not going to allow under his rooftop. So this son took his inheritance. He took his money. He left to live this wild party life. And so if you can imagine if one of your kids decided to leave, those of you that have kids, and your son or daughter had words with you, they wanted to live in a way that you were not going to allow under your rooftop in your household, and they left, and they got rid of their cell phone, you don't even have their number, and you, didn't, you haven't been able to talk to them, not even through text message, email, nothing for over a year, and you were in this service, and you got a text message from an unknown number, and it was your son or your daughter saying, hey, I know I've been gone all, these, all this time, but I'm ready to talk. What would you do? You know what you would do. You would get up from this service and you would go to them. And this is what Jesus wants us to feel for the lost. He came to seek and to save the lost. And doesn't it make sense that we who follow Jesus want to put some effort into going after the lost. That's why we've been fasting from different things for 21 days. And thank God the fasting's over after church today, isn't it? I'm going to have short sermons all day long today because uh, I'm ready to go from fasting to feasting. Anybody get in, give me an amen on that one, right? And so uh, going to be a good time. But here's the thing that you got to understand about seeking the lost is that your hearts are good and you want to help everyone who's lost, but you can't. So I want to give you one idea to consider today, and it's this. We've been talking about getting personal with people. We want to get personal with one like you wish you could with everyone. And let me show you the, where I got this idea. There's this pastor named Andy Stanley, and you ought to go listen to his talk on this. I think it's really good. And what Andy said is he was in this series called Do For One, and he said, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. So in our series, we've been talking about getting personal. So I just adapted Andy's idea and plugged it into our series. So what we're saying today is 
get personal with one like you wish you could with everyone. And so we're going to say that together out loud. And when you say it, when you get to the word one, put up one finger to your neighbor next to you. Be careful about which finger you put up. This is the family show. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, let's say it together. Ready? Here we go. Get personal with one like you wish you could with everyone. So how many are you going to get personal with? Just one. Just one. And isn't that a freeing statement? And here's why it's so freeing and so peaceful. It's because I get bogged down and weighed down with the problems of the world here in the inner city, the poverty that we have here, particularly in the inner city of our uh, fine city of San Antonio. Sometimes I've gone to third world countries and I've seen what happens there and you want to do something good, but it's hard because there's so much to be done in the world. Think about your newsfeed for just a minute. In your normal news feed, you know, you can look at all the problems that are going on in the world, you know, many of the problems that are going on in the world. And the generation before ours, they didn't know about everything going on in the world. But today we know many of the problems that are going on. And I don't think human beings were made to be able to handle that level of problems in one person. And I know you, you're a good group of people. You want to help. You want to do things to help other people. You have these good hearts, but it's kind of a helpless feeling when you know that you can't solve it all, isn't it? And you know, at City Tribe, we're trying to help people to do four different things. We want to help people first to, they don't, to know Jesus, to come to a relationship with him. And then we want to help people cultivate freedom. If you're here in the room, you can see that on our wall. It's so important to us. We want to cultivate freedom from the hurts, habits, and hangups that we have in our lives. And then you go from cultivating freedom to discovering your purpose, learning your uniqueness and how you can best serve the world. And then we want to help you to make a difference. That's the last one. So you want to make a difference, and that's within all of our hearts to do, but there's so much to be done that you think, man, me serving humanity is just a little drop in the bucket. How does it make a difference if it's not that much? But today, I want to give you some peace and some rest. You don't have to solve every problem in the world. And even if you thought you could, you can't. Because we all have limited time and resources. But you know what you can do? You can get personal with one. Like you wish you could. For everyone. For the whole world. And the, the reason that some of us don't do it, that don't, the reason a lot of people don't get personal right now, and I know you and I know what you're going through, is some of you are tired. You're weary. Just living life these days can be wearisome, can it, because of all that is, has gone on. And I want to give you some encouragement to get through this today, because one of the things that we're going to find today is that sometimes you need to just rest and not do for anyone. The one you need to do for is yourself need to take a Sabbath rest. But there are other times, and I believe this is pretty common, there are other times where if you will get personal with one other person, it will infuse you with energy and it will infuse you with life. So let's get some encouragement from the Bible and we're going to look at first, or rather Galatians chapter six, verse nine. And this is where Paul says, let us not lose heart in doing good. Some of you losing heart, you get tired. He says, don't lose heart in doing good for in due time. Remember that word time in due time. We will reap if we do not grow weary. He says, Hey, hang in there. 
I know you want to do good. Keep after it. And then the next part of the verse, he says, so then while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So he narrows it down a bit more. And the word time there is very significant in the Greek language. Now, in the Greek language, there's going to be more than one word for time. One of them is going to be chronos, which is like a linear time, like, you know, the time right now, whatever time it is, like 1045, something like that, whatever time you're listening to or watching this message, that's the time. But the word here for time in Galatians 6, 9 is actually a word kairos. And kairos is altogether different. It's not linear time or a point in time, but it is a moment of opportunity. That's why the translators chose to use the word opportunity in the latter part of the verse. Have you ever had a moment of opportunity where what you do or what you decide will change the trajectory of your life and someone else's? So some of you have sat in job interviews and some manager or supervisor offered you a job and in a moment you had an opportunity to choose to accept it or not accept it and it would change the future of your life. Some of you have been on a date with someone or someone called you and they said, you want to go out and you had to choose. You had a moment of opportunity. Some of you have sat down on that day. They said, do you want to marry me? You have a moment that would change your life. It's a moment of opportunity. It's a Kairos moment. And I wanted to tell you about one of those moments in my life. Some years ago, I did one of those tandem skydives. You know, when you strap a dude on your back and you jump out of the airplane, right? So uh, it was a moment, a Kairos moment. I had to choose to jump out. And here's the thing. I was, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty scared to do this. And it, what was interesting to me is when you're on the ground and you give them your money and you sign up and sign away your life, you know, you said, sign these waivers. My family won't sue you if I splat, you know, you sign all this stuff. And anyways, you can still chicken out when you're on the ground. You can chicken out when you're walking up to the plane. You can even go up in the plane and chicken out, choose not to jump. That, that's cool. I, in fact, one of the ladies in our group, she decided to just, this is not for me. I'm just going to have an airplane ride and come back down, you know. But once you get in the door of that airplane and he's strapped on your back, you can't chicken out anymore. Because he's strapped onto you and there are two lies. When, it, when he says one, two, three, jump. You have to get to that place in your head. You know that place, right? Where just like Shia LaBeouf, you, I just do it. You know, you just have to do it right now. You just have to jump. You know what I'm saying? That's what you have to do. You have to get to that place in a moment. That is a Kairos moment. And here's why I told you that story is because some of you are placing your life right now where it's time to get personal with someone and initiate a conversation about Jesus. It, it's not going to get, there, you know, there's not going to be some angel that comes and taps you on the head and makes you some great communicator of all Bible truths. You just have to put yourself out there. You have to jump and initiate the conversation with someone about Jesus. It, it's kind of like this. If you're going to send a text message to someone, you know, you, you, Type out the text on your phone. You hadn't sent it yet, but you type it out. That's like you went up in the plane and you typed out a text and you said something like, hey, can we have coffee? Because I want to talk to you about something real important to me. And that something that's real important to you is Jesus, isn't it? 
You type out the text. It's on your phone and you're in the door of the plane. But when you press send, you just jumped, didn't you? And it's time for some of you to jump. Can I tell you when I went on that skydive? If I was tired that morning when I got up, once I got up in that plane and jumped out, I wasn't tired anymore. I was full of life. I can assure you of that. And some of you are going to experience new levels of life when you step out in faith and are willing to initiate that conversation about Jesus. It takes risk and faith. Now, there's this woman in the Bible today that I want us to explore and study her life and her story because she's an example of a person who had a Kairos moment of opportunity and she stepped out in faith to seize that particular moment. Her name is Rahab. Rahab was a sex worker in the city of Jericho. And I don't know why she ended up choosing sex work for a living. She could have been, you know, in poverty and that was the only way that she could make a living. It could have been because she had a controlling man in her life that forced her into something that she didn't really want to do. I do not know why she ended up in that line of work. But what I do know is one day, Two Jewish men, they were Jewish spies, got personal with her. They approached her, but they didn't seem to be interested in her services. So they got personal without getting too personal, if you know what I mean. And she engaged in conversation with them. And what happened was the king of Jericho found out that there were two Jewish men who were potentially spies in his city. He called for, he summoned this woman, Rahab. And he said, I need you to turn those men over to me. I need you to hand them in. And that was when she was at the door of the plane. She had a decision to make. What am I going to do? And in a Kairos moment, she did the right thing. And she chose to protect the lives of those men. And she sent the king's henchmen who were looking for them, going to kill them on a wild goose chase. And she came back to those men and made her confession about her chosen relationship with God, which comes in Joshua chapter two, verse 11, where she said, the Lord, your God is God in heaven above and the earth below. And when she spoke that declaration that speaks to her new relationship with God. And because of this, these two men gave her what's called the red rope deal. And it was a deal that when the city was invaded, that if you have that red rope outside your apartment, then that household is going to survive the invasion. So when Jericho fell, perhaps you've heard the little stories of the walls of Jericho falling down. There was one place, one household that made it. And it was Rahab's because in a Kairos moment, she chose to save the lives of these two men. And in a moment, these guys got personal with her and they thought they were just helping her, but it ended up they're helping her save their lives. And can I tell you today, this is not just about you helping someone else, but it's about when you get personal with someone else, it will help infuse life into you. It gives you life. And there are a lot of different ways that we can get personal, aren't there? Obviously, we want to go and seek and save the lost and initiate conversations with people that don't yet have a relationship with God. But you can also choose to adopt a child. You think that won't 
make an impact in someone's life. Some are choosing to adopt children. Others are choosing to, you know, help a street friend, like build a relationship with a friend from church or around the community that's living on the streets and keeping appropriate boundaries, you know, and understanding that sometimes people are going to fall off the wagon and struggle and we still want to be there in appropriate ways. Some uh, are choosing to get personal by helping out an elderly person that doesn't have family that comes to visit them. Others are writing letters to people in prison. That's one of my get personals right now is to write someone who's in prison. And this started some years ago. I was going through my Bible like I do, and I was reading and rereading Hebrews chapter 13. And I want to show you that text because it says, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. And I highlighted the word strangers there. For some who have done this have entertained angels. And I was prompted to highlight angels, the word angels in there. And it says, remember those uh, who are in prison as if you yourselves were there in prison. So I was also prompted to highlight the word prison. So in that verse, I highlighted the words strangers, angels, prison. In my Bible, that you know, yellow highlight, underline, you know how you do. Well, then I had a Kairos moment that was related to that verse. See, my neighbor across the street, he, he comes to me, he says, hey, Doug, my daughter's in prison. Will you write her a letter? And I said, man, I, I knew I was supposed to. I said, I sure will. See, his daughter, I didn't know her very well, so she was a stranger. Stranger is one of the words highlighted in that verse for me. And she's in prison. And what was the third word that I highlighted? Guess what her name was? Angel. See? So I wrote Angel a letter in prison. And man, I really wish this was one of those stories where I told you I wrote Angel a letter and she read my letter and just fell down on her knees before God and came to Jesus and got out of prison and came to our church and got baptized and decided to go back to school and become a doctor and then married a great Christian guy and had 2.5 kids and a dog. The story didn't work out like that. But that's not the point. The point is to be obedient to the prompting and leave the results to God. Because sometimes there are things that God is doing that we don't see, you know? So getting personal is successful, not when you have the big glory story, but when you leave the result, you're obedient to God and leave the results to him. And one of the things that's so encouraging to me about you is that you guys are already doing this. Have you ever been to the church where people think they haven't worshiped until the pastor yelled at them about something they're doing wrong? Have you ever been to that? That's not worship. That's dysfunction. Okay. I love that I'm at a church where I can encourage you for what you're getting right. And I know people all across this room are getting personal and making a difference in others' lives, you know, individual people. So I think about my friends, Mike and Jackie Housinger that are part of our church and they serve a lot of our street friends that live around the theater here and have led us to do that here at the church. And they 
one time went to Uganda and they fell in love with a little Ugandan angel and her name's Fiona. There's another guy that I think of in our church, Danny Kreifels. And Danny's one of our city youth volunteers. And he hit it off with and started a mentoring relationship with a young man in our church named Jacob. And so this past week, I decided to text Fiona and Jacob and get little phone videos from them about how they felt about the people that got personal with them. Take a look. Hi, I'm Fee or Fiona. Um, I just want to say thank you to my parents for falling in love with me and bringing me back to America. I've been here for nine years now and it's been an amazing journey. Um, my parents are always supporting me in volleyball and driving me to school and all over the place. And they are just really amazing at supporting me and they can be crazy sometimes, but I think we can all be. Um, but I just want to say thank you for this amazing opportunity to have, to have a better life and get better opportunities. Danny was one of the first people I met, really, uh, at the church. And he just seemed so open-armed and welcomed and uh, very kind-hearted soul. He has helped not just me, but many other people. Unfortunately, uh, I've gone through like a lot of rough paths um, with my time with him, uh, such as even death with uh, my family. Uh, and he was always there. He was always there to give me advice. He was always there to like be a shoulder to cry on. And even when he was going through stuff, he literally tried pushing that to the side just to help me out. And he's helped not just me, but so many other people. Like I said, he's helped my family, my sister, her boyfriend, everything. And it is insane. And honestly, it is such a blessing that we have Danny as one of our leaders. And Danny, I know you're watching this. From the bottom of my heart, I know it's not just me, but I know so many people love you. I know so many people care about you. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for everything. And you know, Danny can't help every kid in San Antonio that needs help. But he was sure able to get personal with one. What you may not know is that Jacob... He's lost his grandmother, and more recently, his mom. But he had a guy who was there for him and with him to get personal when he needed it the most. And you think about what Fiona's life would be like if she were still in Uganda. And Mike and Jackie can't adopt every kid on the African continent, but they can adopt one and give her an opportunity of a lifetime and not just opportunities, but love and family, see? And there's an angel out there for you. But you can't help everyone. You know, I can't write to every person in the prison system. In fact, I can't write to Angel anymore because unfortunately Angel passed away. But God gave me a new one. 
You know what his name is? It's not angel. <laughs> but he's named after a well-known angel in the Bible, Michael. And Michael has accepted Jesus. And Michael can't wait to get out of prison so he can come back to City Tribe Church and worship with us here where he belongs with his spiritual family. Right on. And what I want you to know is that God's got an angel out there for you to entertain, to get personal with. And we may not be able to solve all the problems of the whole world. But think about the impact if just the people in this room got personal with one person. We'd have angels flying in here from all over San Antonio and perhaps all over the world or wherever you're watching online. And I believe that would make heaven celebrate and Jesus party seeing all these people make a difference. Don't you? And so I want us to wrap up our teaching time together with just a silence prayer. See, prayer is not just talking a lot, but it's listening for God. And as we go to the Lord in prayer, you can go ahead and close your eyes and bow your heads. And what you're listening for in your own head, just see if God brings the thought of a person to your mind. Just one person. One person that you can reach out to in some way. One person that you can make a difference with. And God may give you a person. He may give you a way you're supposed to help. He may give you a picture. But let's sit still and lean into the silence for just a minute as we listen for God. Oh, good Father, thank you for the names and faces that you're bringing to our hearts and minds now. And I can't wait to see all the angels that get entertained as a result of a prayer time where you spoke to your people. Thank you. And we hope to bring joy to your heart, God, through what we do leaving this service today. And we pray all these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen, amen. Well, as we wrap up today, next Sunday, we're going to look at how to get personal with God. And I wanted to show you a little video real quick 
uh, before you guys worship through your tithes and offerings. Take a look at this video. Say your ABCs. A, B, C, T, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, M, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. So that's my little friend, Fidibosian, and she lives in a community just outside Monrovia, Liberia, in Western Africa. And our tithes and offerings go to help Fidibosian learn her ABCs with a school uniform, a meal, and an education for a better future. And you know, as a church, we can't help every kid on the African continent, but we can help a handful at the school there outside Monrovia. And I just want to say thank you guys for the impact that you're making through your tithing. You know, your tithing is making a big impact, not just here in the city, but to kids like Fidibosian in Western Africa. So thank you guys for that. If you're new here, there are four ways that we take up our offerings since we don't pass buckets or plates. You can mail your offerings to the PO box number on screen. You can text to tithe or you can go to the in-person giving stations that are located near the exits of the Cameo Theater if you're here, or online, whether you're here or watching online right now, you can go to our website at citytribe.church slash tithe. So let's stand together. And for our benediction today, I wrote a poem that I want to speak to you that I hope will be encouraging for you. And the poem's called An Angel Somewhere. See, there's an angel somewhere out there An angel may be an African girl who needs help to go to school or to get dressed. Her life may be so depressed. The angel may be in a cell and it's a living hell. And it kind of makes me want to yell at those who do nothing. But this word warns, it does not sway. God will reward on judgment day when we see angels we did not shun because we chose to get personal with one. You guys have an amazing Sunday. You are loved. We'll see you next time. Peace. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.